What is up, guys? We are back. This is The Real Deal with Casey and Jason, where we talk real life, real experiences, occasionally real estate. Got a, a new friend of ours here today. How's it going, guys? Uh, my name is Joe Schretzmeyer. Awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. What's up, yeah. Joe? So, Joe is, uh, where are you from initially? So, grew up, uh, born and raised Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so, went to high school at Downingtown West, mm. Whippets. Uh a lot of people around here don't know it too well, so I usually explain it's uh, right around Westchester. A lot of people get that. Okay. So, um, and then um, from there, I know we'll transfer yeah. into all this, but uh, moved to Delaware to, to go to University of Delaware. Nice. Nice, man. You get so, the, the Downingtown East and Downingtown West. Uh, you get Westchester, <laughs> Henderson, and Ruston and all those teams so up there. So you know them. Yeah, you know them. man. Yeah. So, yeah, I used to train up at Bishop Shanahan up okay. there. Yeah, some of those guys up there a, a while ago. They always kicked our ass in the cross. Really? Yep. Yeah. Well, they recruited. That's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun fact: we have another Steelers fan in the building. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but back also, to back. Yep. also, you got to fill us in on this. Also, birds fan. So yeah, that's different. Birds by blood, and okay. Steelers is the chosen team. So it's kind of like, um, you know, one family leading into another. Yeah. Um, like born and raised. Uh, always a Birds fan, went to Eagles games, tailgated with mm -hmm. the fam. And then um, now that I'm kind of creating my own family with my girlfriend, and, you know, we're, we're building that, um, we, we are a Steelers family. Wow, so, man. That is bit of a rare, dude. <laughs> yeah. That is rare. And I don't want to talk about this past week. We'll move on from that. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was interesting. So the last podcast we did, we had our buddy Jeremy Ritz on here, and he's a big-time Steelers yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, through and through. And huge football guy and all that. Yeah. Did you play football in high school? So I played one year in middle school okay. and then decided to make the uh, switch to lacrosse full time. Yep. Um, so year round travel, mm -hmm. um, just trying to get recruited to play, yep. you know, in college, which led me to actually play D3 first semester. It's That's awesome. sweet. Lacrosse is a sport that I definitely would have loved. I know for a fact if it, it was a spring sport, though. Yeah. And it was new, like when you and I were in high school. It was. Like it was. Man, it probably came to Bow Manor like oh five oh six. I think right around like Something yeah, my like junior year possibly. Yeah, but it was a sport that I definitely would have liked. Mm -hmm. So I, I liked football. I was a baseball player. I played baseball in college. Yeah. So it was kind of like a mix between the two, I think. Yep. And I think I would have definitely liked it, but being a spring sport, I wasn't going to give baseball up. Um. So fill us in a little bit. So I got I know some of your background. Jason just met you, so this will be kind of good. Yeah, you can awesome. ask you know yeah, ask yeah. some questions and all that, but um. Fill us in on, like, how we met. So we met through Master Networks yep. and the business that you have now and, like, how that came to be. Yeah, so quite a story. Um, so it's actually kind of cool how it's, like, transitioning like, and picking up. So from getting recruited to play D3 lacrosse, um, went to Catholic University for a semester, transferred to University of Delaware, mm. um, got my bachelor's in science for construction engineering and management. So from there, you know, the whole goal was to become a project manager, um, more construction focused. Yeah. And where did that come from? Was that like a family tie or something or you just had interest in that? A little bit. I knew I wanted to be like half outside, half inside. Like I didn't want yep. to be stuck behind a desk, yeah. which is kind of where that entrepreneurial, not the nine to five mindset kind of started to kind of, you know, the fire started to burn. Sure. Um, so that's what led me to be to wanting to be a projects manager um, in the construction realm to, you know, not be a superintendent out on the field all day, um, but kind of be like a desk jockey and then walk around on the field and, and make sure everything's going right. Right. Um, which I did do um, six months after I graduated, like four, six months. Mm -hmm. um, great job. You know, I was set. Everything was, you know, 
at year and a half, you get PM. Uh, another two years, you get PM one, PM two. You can work your way up to you know making 150k a year, and right. like in like 10 years, and it's just like you know you start to like have this realization that holy shit, I'm in the rat race. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody else is controlling what, what you <laughs> yep. do. Yeah. 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 And the so, pace that would ha- it, yeah. pace that it happens. Yeah, it happens quick, yeah. and uh, I'm glad. I had the experience that I did, but I'm also glad I got out as soon as I did because um, the longer I feel people go in the nine to five, the harder it is to break that For because sure. they get comfortable yeah. and they get a family. Mm-hmm. And once you have people to support besides yourself, taking that risk is much riskier. Mm-hmm. Far more difficult. Right. So um, that's kind of what helped me pull the trigger, but it actually started with, um, you know, kind of like, a conversation between my friend and I mm-hmm. texting. He was in Colorado at the time. He had moved out there for uh, like a year, year and a half. Um, he was doing his own thing. He was working uh, on like, com- or um, what's the word? What? Virtual. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Virtual. I gotcha. um, but he was working virtual for TransUnion. So he was doing sales for them. Um, again, great job, mm-hmm. stable, comfortable. He was able to travel still. Like he literally moved out to Colorado with my other high school friends as well. Like, um, <laughs> our high cool. school friends are also like very well, like tight knit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was out there and we were texting, just catching up. I had just gone out there for 4th of July. Um, a couple months later we were talking about, you know, some, I forget what it even was, but it was late at night and I was actually at the Chesapeake house. Yeah. Um, I remember like being downstairs, like vividly, like the moment it happened yes. and it's like, it just clicked. Um, and we were going back and forth and he was like, when are we buying a business? And I was just like, right now. <laughs> so literally we created like within that, like 15 minutes of saying like right now mm-hmm. we went on like bizbuy.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we created an Excel sheet. And then the next day we spent just banging down the list. Anything that looked like a potential business that we could run. We were looking at hair salons, landscaping <laughs> companies, like all this shit. And then we stumbled upon squeaky clean and dry. And it was carpet cleaning, still is Mm. carpet cleaning, uh, water damage restoration, mold remediation. (laughs) Um, And we were like, this looks interesting. Um, So we reached out to the the previous owner and uh, the business broker, and we set up a meeting to talk to both of them. The conversation went really well. Um, We got access to all their tax returns, their their past three months, Mm. um, you know, and even further. So we ran the numbers, and it was extremely profitable. But he just wanted out because going through a divorce. He wanted to get into Airbnb. He was just looking for something new. So he was just like, yeah, I would be done with this. Yeah. He was done. Yeah. So we got it for pennies on the dollar when wow. in retrospect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's amazing, man. Yeah. And so you're running that now you and your buddy. Mm-hmm. Wow. man. And when was that like timeline? When was that that you bought or took over the business? Uh, exactly one year ago this month. Wow. And what does that mean for you? Like that you took it over? Are you doing the work? Do you have employees? What's going on? Yep. Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. So right now, obviously starting out, um, we, I, and this is something cool too, that I feel like not a lot of people do. You guys almost did it with the mosquito business, yeah. but you then realize, okay, it makes more sense to start this on our own. Cause no, no company is really like being sold that has yeah. that customer base and everything. But I think it's like super beneficial for people to understand and look into buying an established business, Mm -hmm. making sure it's established. But like, if you already have that and you can just take over a customer base and, and just, Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't, you're not going to get burned out. 
because when the gears are turning and you're grinding those first couple of years, you're building off of something that already is running. Yeah, it was, right. it's been in business since 2008. Okay, so it's established, mm-hmm. and we're just in there, just pounding the marketing, like looking to you know hire yeah. good people mm-hmm. um, to really grow this thing. And I think it's it's hard to get burned out at that point because it's already running. You don't have to like it takes a lot of stress out of it, mm-hmm. right? Huh. Yeah, in hindsight, honestly, it would have been so much easier to buy something. <laughs> it, it's hard to start a business and go from zero to what you want to. Like yeah. when you have no name out there, um, you're literally starting from scratch, like hoping, you know, honestly, that some of your family and friends that you have on, you know, Facebook, when you make posts are going to use your services. Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult to start. And then, like you said, it takes a good couple years of that grind to even get to the point where you're like, Maybe All right, we're actually going to make a little bit of money doing this. You know what I mean? Like, you really start in the red, even if you don't invest a whole lot like we did. But um, I think that's huge. Yeah, if you can find a business. And if it if it aligns with what you're looking for. So, like, take us through that a little bit. What were you looking for when you're starting this spreadsheet? You said you looked at everything. Like, were you looking at something that, like, hey, we can add our skill set to this? Or was it a location thing, a customer-based thing? Like, what were you looking for? What were some of the criteria? Profit. Profitability. <laughs> I like it. Um, I think we're a little gung-ho and kind of like the millennial mindset of, oh, yeah, we know social media. We know marketing. Like, we could take over any business. post yeah. out there, right? And Yeah. yeah. Little did we know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was kind of the mindset. So it's kind of like anything that we take over, we can find the gaps and, you know, really see how we can expand this and take a look at, like, the market analysis and, and right. go from there. Um did I think I'd be doing this? No. But funny enough, I actually have ties to the whole mold aspect side of things because my little brother, uh, he is 11 years younger than me, but he developed an autoimmune disease hmm. from a mold toxicity in oh, our no home in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So, and that whole renovation, like my parents had to rip out the whole front of their house. They did it's under the deal. kitchen sink. They had to rip out like stucco. It was like 15 grand, mm-hmm. like just for the front of the house. And mm. like, seeing my parents like go through that and seeing my little brother and the side effects that like mold had on him, mm-hmm. it was just like, and it didn't click at the moment we were looking at the business, yeah. but like going through the training and like, you know, when you start talking to people and you, you truly are trying to help them and you know, your product is the best and it's going to help them. You just start to like, something comes up and you're like, you know what? I do have extreme ties to this. Like this does mm-hmm. really matter to me. And it just makes selling it that much easier. Because oh, yeah, when you believe in your product, and especially if you have a that connection to it, that right. means that it hits home with Definitely. you. Yeah. yeah, that makes, I mean, I want to say it makes your job easier, but it makes your job easier. It does. Because, like, yeah, you've you've got the ties, like you said. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Perfect yeah. sense. I just listened to a podcast, um, and the guy who started Quest Bars, did you listen pod- to Better Equal? Yes, Better Equal? Yes. Yep, yep, and, that's and the he had one. a podcast <laughs> with, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He has a huge podcast, but... He started Quest Bars, and mm-hmm. he was talking about before him and his two best friends started this. Um, it was like a software um, security company, mm-hmm. and he's like, we were really successful, and he's like, we built this thing into like a, I don't even know how many, probably $100 million company, but he's like, I didn't have any tie to the product. He was mm-hmm. like, I, I did my job very well, and I sold it, and it was fine, but I burned out because I didn't really, we were kind of selling a product that the only reason people would buy it is if they thought their employees would be dishonest, and he's like, I didn't really feel like it was something that was really all that needed it was Mm -hmm. kind of like playing on people's bad side and he's like i just didn't so he quit that job started quest because 
obesity ran in his family. Mm. And he was like, my mom was obese, my sister was obese, like my family was obese. And he's like, when when I came up across these hard times, he's like, what got me through that was those thinking of those people. So I see that tie with this now when you're like, Definitely. this is a grind. Um, it's not going to be easy. You're going to come across challenges. But when you think of people like your brother and the, mm-hmm. the tie you have to that, that's what keeps you pushing through. You do have like that emotional tie to it. Absolutely. Definitely. Which is huge. And that same podcast, he mentions they grew, what, 58,000%? It was like 57,000% Something Quest bars. crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, their first year. Like, the like they were expanding so fast. And, again, it was because he had ties to it. Yeah. It was because he was able to relate and he believed express in his product. that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, they were literally getting so big so fast that they weren't even able to stay in a warehouse. Because mm-hmm. they would fit it out and then already have to get, like, an outgrow warehouse. before they even well, moved I, in. I, I, was, I was a reason that, that, <laughs> that they grew that. <laughs> You're eating all the Dude, Quest bars. I, yes. But. You turned me on to Quest bars, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, little hack. My girlfriend actually told me about this. If you put them in the microwave for like five seconds. I've heard of that. I've never yeah, done it, I but I've heard that. I actually haven't tried it either, but apparently you put like the cookie dough or the That's the cake. one that it's I just eat. Like, it's the yeah. cookie dough. Yeah. It's, yeah. I've heard it's amazing. <laughs> I've never done it. It's like actual cookie dough. <laughs> the next podcast, we're going to get a whole bunch of Quest bars, <laughs> yeah. fire up the microwave, and we're going to try it out. Um, so that's awesome, man. It's good to hear that story and like, I've talked about buying businesses. Like we've talked about that a lot on the show mm-hmm. and uh, we've started some things and I just think it's cool to talk to someone who's done it. You're a young guy too. How old are you? 24. So 24 years old running your own business that's profitable and you were able to buy it. How did the question on, how did the financing work on that? Did you guys have a nest egg that you were able to purchase it or did you finance it? SBA? How did that work? Yeah. So we financed it. Uh, we couldn't get an SBA because we didn't have any collateral. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have any assets and we obviously weren't going to rope our parents into something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're men now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and this is kind of like our baby. So we're not going to put that liability and that risk on anybody else but ourselves because mm-hmm. um, it is sink or swim. Um, and we needed to feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went a, I don't even know what you would call it. I don't, but it was a, like a personal okay. loan. Um, we went through a company called BHG. I don't know if you guys ever heard. No. Essentially, they gather investors money and they offer it without any collateral. Mm-hmm. But the interest rate is like 16.5%. Yeah, got it. Hard money for mm-hmm. yeah. buying a business. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that really was our only option. So we are currently looking to refinance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, still profitable. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know. Because I think that's a big question that people are going to have when they hear buying a business. They're like, well, I don't have X amount of dollars saved up or I don't have, you know what I mean? Like they're going to think immediately people go to an excuse why they can't do it. But you guys made it happen. Yeah, we so we only put in like – 15,000 each. Mm-hmm. And that was just because we had that saved up from yeah. our previous jobs. But, um, and that was literally just so we could, you know, make it an even amount for the loan. Yeah. We could have done it with zero. Wow. Yeah. So, and I think at this point, I don't know if you need one or two years, but with SBA, they will refinance, I believe, business mm-hmm. debt. So you should start looking into that. Definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because as soon as the business is profitable, you should be able to refinance it using the finances of the business. They were also looking for like a year. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. So um, we're right at that mark. We're right. trying to refinance with PNC. Cool. Um, and go through all of that. But um, yeah, it's it, it helps a lot, especially like, you know, yeah. master networks, you, you start to understand and yeah. how everything works. And not only that, but you get to know people who mm-hmm. are able to help you and want to help you. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Too. 
So. What are your thoughts on Master Networks? Just because we've had a couple people on here that were in the group. Yeah. Like, just overall, what do you think? I think it's awesome. Um, so I originally heard about the group because I uh, was contacted by one of my buddies who I went to University of Delaware with. Uh, we were in the same fraternity. Um, he's now a realtor. Um, you know, he's kicking ass over at Compass. Um, and he invited me to, uh, like, a network. It's a networking group called Primetime. Mm-hmm. Um We've grown the the uh, networking group to from like four was the original. I missed the first meeting. I was away, um, but it was like a four or five core group. Now we have like around 12, 13 awesome. um, in the matter of like six months. So really cool, but um, kind of like the main coordinator, I guess you could say Dave Balance. He, mm-hmm. He's awesome. He's also a part of Master Networks. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking one day and he just threw it out there for anybody interested. Check out Master Networks. I came I, as a guest. Um, I think you have like three guest runs and then you sign mm-hmm. up. I had one guest run. I sa- signed up the next day um, just because I saw the value in it. Yeah. And the relationships, man. Of mm-hmm. course. And, and not only that, but it's the, the people that, that you get lift, introduced that to. That lift you up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And being around that, that core circle of like, you know, being 24, mm-hmm. I go hang out with my friends and it's like, we're talking about the game or mm-hmm. we're talking about like, you know, what, what, what do you want to drink? Or like it's, but I want to be around people who have that, that mindset. And obviously like, you know, you can be friends, but like yeah. you want to surround yourself. And I, I truly believe, yeah. I think I'm sure Grant Cardone and like all, all these guys talk about um, surrounding yourself with, you know, your your five people that you surround yourself yep. with the most is going to be like who you're most like. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I think that's where Master Networks really steps in for me is to provide those people that I wouldn't normally know, mm-hmm. and those business owners I wouldn't normally have a connection with. Yeah. And it makes it possible. It makes so that's sense. really cool. I think yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. It's a great reason. Part of I, I mean, this podcast too has done that for us because mm-hmm. it's like you know we enter like interview, talk to a lot of people that own businesses, obviously through our, our jobs doing real estate and mortgages, we know a lot of people and have a network, but we're able to kind of connect with them, I think through mm-hmm. this too. And yeah, it is huge. Um, you know, and I guess let's pivot to the next thing. Um, Cause this is something I've talked about with Jason, hang around Jason. This dude's like in great shape. <laughs> right. So like hanging around with him, it elevates my physical thing. Cause I'm like, well, it's possible Jason's doing it mm-hmm. and he still eats ice cream sometimes. Just saying all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What kind of halo top or what are you talking about? I, 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 well, I'm in, I'm in a state of depression right now because oh, the, real McCoy, the real, well, the real McCoy <laughs> shut down. Uh, if the real McCoy right here in Chesapeake city is, is really world, where I world famous. Ice cream. I can't keep it yeah. in the house, dude. Cause if I keep it in Wait, the house, it's cool. Which one? Uh, not the, was it Maggie Moose? Not that one, right? No, no this is a, a like a soft serve ice cream place right at the foot of the Chesapeake City Bridge. Right. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the real McCoy. And yeah, because if, if I if I buy Halo Top or Ben and Jerry's or whatever, it's like it's gone. <laughs> like that night, night, it's not it's not lasting another night. So I can't keep it in the house. Kind of like yeah. a side note, really quick, really funny story. Yeah. Um. So I had just gotten out of. Uh, prepping for a bodybuilding show and mm. I bought my girlfriend Halo Top for yeah. she was at work and I bought it brought her both of us Halo Top um, and I was home waiting and it was like an hour before she got home <laughs> so I like had a couple bites of mine and like out of that prep mindset like all you can think about is food yeah. and you're just always hungry and not being strict at well obviously strict but it was like a cheat meal so like right. I allow myself like once or twice a week to have one meal mm. and I started eating the Halo Top I was like oh, I'll just have a couple bites before dinner like you know I'm, I'm a grown man. I can eat <laughs> yeah, I dessert can before <laughs> dinner. And I, I tried a bite of hers, and 
I swear I blacked out for like two minutes <laughs> and I was trying to find all the chunks. Yeah, dude, that's the way to go. <laughs> and before I know it, the whole thing is gone. And I text her, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know how to tell you this, but they're closed <laughs> and I just ate your entire ice cream. Oh, and of course it was like around that time of month and she was pissed <laughs> off at me. I was like, oh no, I'm in the doghouse. <laughs> Yeah, I can feel that. So I it happens, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not proud of that one. Now, I, now I get her two Halo tops. Yeah, just, yeah, just, just in nice case. <laughs> yeah. That's nice but yeah. um, yeah. So speaking of, I mean, like being around people that are uh, are going to elevate you, you're also in great shape. So tell Thank us a little you. bit about your journey there with because yeah. uh, I didn't really like you know you, you meet somebody you kind of find out later. Obviously, I could see that you know you're dedicated in the gym, but. Uh, you have your card. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, currently, I for those of I, like a lot of people I don't, don't know. understand I don't know like <laughs> the federation. Yeah. So there's like untested federations, mm-hmm. and then there's like natural federations. So um, I am currently in the process of going for my IFBB pro card. I've heard of that. Yeah, I don't know what it it's means. like. The, it's like the big one. Like okay. you know, sponsorships can come out of it. Blah blah blah. I'm mm-hmm. actually currently sponsored, so I don't really care about that. It's more of just like a long term goal that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've actually been competing for five and a half years. I, from the transfer from Catholic university playing lacrosse where I only went one semester, I didn't even play a season. Um, it was kind of like, you know, I know I'm not going to play lacrosse afterwards. So I want to focus on academics transferred to university of Delaware. But in that transition, I knew I loved the gym. I wasn't playing lacrosse anymore. I was like, I need something. Mm -hmm. So it was either MMA, which I had never fought in my life, except for like karate when I was like five. (laughs) Um, And my mom also hated the idea of concussions because I had several from lacrosse um, or bodybuilding. And my uncle or my godfather rather just so happened to use, he used to be a like an NPC judge. Hmm. So he judged people to get their like IFBB pro cards. Okay. And I went to him. I'm like, Dude, like, I know you used to compete. How do I do this? What do I do? He was like, I got a coach. I'm going to set you up. Put me in contact. I texted him. I'm like, I'm ready to start. Like, boom, like, paid him the next day. Mm-hmm. And we're, we hit the ground running. Um, I believe it was, like, I was in, like, athletic shape. So I was mm-hmm. already pretty lean. So, the like, the preparation time was, like, a month just him getting to know my body. And then we just, like, we hit it. Right. So from, like, start to finish, I think it was – I started in January. I competed in May. That's quick. Yeah. Seems quick to me. But yeah. I dropped like 30 pounds. Jeez. And I was already like lean, like 185. My first I competed 154. And I'm 5'10 for reference. Like I was Holy like. Holy crap. I could like see like ribs and I was just diced. Like so when you say like your, it, was a, uh, it was a physique competition? Yeah. So bodybuilding. So okay. essentially, you know, you have like strong men. Mm-hmm. They pick up things, put them down. Right, right. <laughs> you have powerlifting. They. Yeah pick things up, put them down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then bodybuilding, where you look up all pretty up on stage, you get a spray tan, and you, you flex gotcha. on a stage. It sounds really weird when you say it out loud, but... But I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's that? What's the world's strongest man? What's his name right now? Right now? Yeah, the the, the big bald guy. I think it was like, I mean, back, it was like Eddie Hall, um, uh, something Bradshaw. Was, I think this guy's name is Marshall or... Mar- anyway. But, th- yeah, so there's the guys that pick that shit up. There's the guys that, like, do cleans and snatches mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then there's what you're doing. Yeah. Which there's is- also CrossFit. I mean, there's so many... Like, yeah, 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 people yeah. just take the word fitness and run with it. Yep. If, the, if you find some way to pick something up in a different way, it is now considered a new yeah. form of fitness. <laughs> <Right. that laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Marshall Hooper, I think, is what his name might be. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah, so so you were do, you've been doing that for like five years. 
So that was back in... So you were probably 18, 19 years old? 2018, I was 19. That's crazy. Got my natural pro card at uh, 19 years old. And how did that first show in May go? Uh, I, I won the no whole way. thing, and I got my pro card. Wow. Yeah. Man. So you had to win to get the pro card? or Yep. No way. Yeah, first, so you won first place in the Open, and I did that. And it was kind of one of those things, like, going into it, it was like, I'm not doing... Like, I'm not playing lacrosse anymore, so I want to do this to say I did. And just, like, you see, like, everybody on mm-hmm. social media, you're like, how do you get, like, that? Mm-hmm. And usually it's drugs, but, like, you know, I knew I, did, I didn't know that, right. so I was like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I just need to have someone guide me. Right. Well, and I think that the blueprint. It also transfers into business, like mm-hmm. having a mentor, having people guide you who have walked the walk and talked the talk before you. Yeah. It's huge. Okay. Yeah, going back to Master Networks, like you said, getting in touch with and meeting people that have already done the things that you want to do. It's right. the same concept, what you just said right there, as far mm-hmm. as like having a bodybuilding coach, like somebody who knows has done it. Okay. Show me. And I know I can do it. Yep. As opposed to starting a business from scratch and not really knowing what to do versus buying a business. Yeah. Which is already stuff you know, already in place. That's cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> something you touched on the other day when we talked and you did your presentation was, like the bodybuilding and the journey that it kind of puts you on mm-hmm. and how you get to, uh, you said you like, you get to know yourself a lot better through this journey and it's a long time. So you competed last at 19. It's been what? Four years, five years. Yeah. So in between that time, I've, I've done a total of six shows. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my very first time competing, I did two, uh, 2019. So a year after, uh, later in the year, like August. So like a year and a half, really. Um, I did two, um, and then another year and a half, and which put me in like 2021. Actually, that was like more like two years. Yeah, that was November of 2021. The last time I competed, okay. um, was the Natural Olympia in Vegas and Mr. America in Atlantic City. Jeez, and man. then I was kind of like, all right, like had my fun, but like now it's like time. Like I know I can, you know, really achieve this goal. Mm-hmm. So, um. But yeah, what, what was your question so, again? The yeah, mindset? so just the, um, so like you're on, every time you train for the next one, it's like maybe a year and a half, two years. Yeah. And you said it kind of takes you on a journey. You get to know yourself throughout that process because it is such a dedication for such a long period of time. And we've talked to some people on here, like myself included, who like weight loss journey. Like I was in good shape, played college baseball, got really out of shape. And then I had to like work my way back to that over the period. But like, just take us through that um, mental journey of, dedicating yourself to something for that long and kind of what it does for you mentally. Definitely. Um, I think dedicating yourself to anything over a long period of time and having that consistency and that discipline to wake up, do the same old boring stuff day in, day out says a lot. Um, and it, it speaks for itself in terms of results that, that you get. Um, but yeah, I mean, I actually, you know, kind of going back to better schooling he has a, something like a, forget how many days it is but it's it's a so many day event and they have a hell week like Mm -hmm. a navy seal training like buds training um where they put these guys through literal hell they they make them stay up for five days and they literally they it's like a mock navy seal training um so it's it's a consistency that you know go-getters and these highly successful entrepreneurs understand that devoting yourself to one thing over a long period of time produces massive results for your mental capacity, which then results into every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. I kind of worked the other way. I didn't know what bodybuilding was going to do for me. But, I mean, that first prep, like, I got the stomach bug five weeks out, and I was, like, 156. 
like throwing up, wasn't able to hold anything down for four days. My mom was like on standby watching me, like ready to call for an ambulance because mm. I was zero body fat and I couldn't keep anything down. Like, right. you know, we're just pumping the Gatorades and like I, that wasn't in my diet. So I'm like, I can't drink that. So we're doing like zero calorie propel. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm dying. And, you know, it, it was just, you know, I called my coach on like that fourth day. I'm like, dude, I, I feel like death. Mm. I'm not competing. I'm done. And he was like, all right, let's talk tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had it in my head. I went, like, I had a burger that night. I was actually able to keep it down. And that was the only thing that kind of, like, boosted me back. Because um, in my head, I'm like, I'm done. Called him the next morning, and he kind of talked me through. He was like, listen, like, you can either finish what you started or live with the fact that you left something on the table. Yep. I was like, I am a <laughs> so sure Put enough right on you bro yep sure enough i buckled down that last five weeks went, went harder than ever and uh that show i got my pro card yeah so it's kind of this this journey that was like holy shit like i can do this even when you don't want to or even when you think you didn't want to yeah i think that's probably one of the the biggest things that people can take away from like not only can you do something that you think you can't do but you can do it even when you don't want to or mm-hmm. like when you're afraid to do it and that's even what, your body rejects it yeah and that's like when you really make progress yeah mm-hmm. i mean like sure. david goggins his body was rejecting him yeah like on his first hundred mile race yeah rejecting it was like fathom that stuff being man. blood and like like just sounded terrible like lost all his toenails mm-hmm. like to put yourself through that physical objective but like the mental capacity that you need to go through that and that you learn about yourself Mm -hmm. and this is kind of like i think what you're like tying into was the spiritual journey that i talked about that it you know that's what it was for me Mm -hmm. and going through i didn't realize it until you get to a place and you're just like there it's there's one thing like to devoting yourself over you know a certain period of time but something like Navy SEAL training, or and I won't. I'm not. I'll never say Navy SEAL training is like competing for bodybuilding because those guys go go through it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a similar concept, I would say. Is like not only are you doing this day in day out and it's hard, but your body is fighting against itself. Mm-hmm. When you're like, I, I was like sub three percent body fat. Yeah, that's crazy. So when you're when you're doing that for like a month or like a couple weeks. Like the days, the days just are so long. You want to eat this desk? Dude, I was dreaming <laughs> like, about burgers yeah. and sushi. I would wake up yeah. sweating, thinking I cheated on my diet. Yeah, yeah. and it's just this—it's crazy because you have to find something to pull you through that. Mm-hmm. You can't push through it. You got to find something to pull you through it. Yep. And for me, um, you know, that was really turning to religion that helped me a lot. That's awesome. Um, so just like you know really like reading more scripture Mm -hmm. and you know going to church like when i was in the university of delaware like i would walk by the chapel just pop in when no one was there just get on my knees Mm -hmm. yeah and after that it's kind of like it's not just you going through it you you have somebody by your side Mm -hmm. yeah um it makes it a lot easier so that spiritual journey is um it's amazing man yeah i think that's really cool pretty cool yeah that's powerful stuff um yeah, funny you say that. So doing 75 hard, I would also wake up in the middle of the night and think that I was like 70 days in, like five days away, and I'd be like, did I eat something I wasn't supposed to eat? And I have to freaking start over. <laughs> and that's only 75 days. So like a year and a half of that, 
Dude, that's what I do with uh, sobriety. I will dream yeah. that I had a drink. Did it the other night. I woke up and I was like, did I? Am I still sober? Wow. <laughs> like, I'm like, ah, like it's, yeah. it's crazy. That stuff happens. Yeah. It's, it's funny that it's happened to all three of us like that. Yeah, that is, uh, it, it is, yeah. And it's like your, um, your mind never really, like, like people think you get sober or you get in shape or you get to this, you know, point in your life where you're not, you're like past something. No. Your mind's never past it. No, bro. Nope. And that's like just You just learn how to deal with it better. Yeah. Yeah. That's like pure proof of it. That's why, you know, people say like I'm, um, you know, recovering or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like you're just, your mind always is, you have to continue to sharpen that, that aspect of your mentality and be intentional about it or else your mind will go to yeah. the burger, mm -hmm. the drink, the food for me, <laughs> like whatever it is. Um, I so, think like before we move on from this, cause this is like really important. I feel like too, is I feel like everybody has that trigger and you know, I can't speak so much for, females because I don't like I didn't grow up with sisters or anything mm -hmm. like um so I don't fully understand that aspect but I know from right. guys at least like we all deal with something that tries to rope us back into a bad habit yeah oh, yeah 100% because yeah. I agree with that it's normalized it's you know everybody just it, it's just normal mm -hmm. but it's it's not if you want to be like a better version of you and get to where you want to go, you can't fall into that trap of, oh, it's okay, like, you know, one, one this won't hurt. Because mm -hmm. next thing you know, you're down that rabbit hole that you've been down before. Mm -hmm. 100%. So. Yeah, we just talked about this um, last night, my wife and I. We were talking about kind of how we're all living in this matrix of expectations that other people have. And it works both ways. So the one way is, like you said, the, oh, dude, like, come on, like, have a drink or eat, like, you're not going to have fries with me? Like, come on, dude. Like, you're having another salad or you're, you know, whatever. You're not going to party with us? Um, so that expectation goes both ways. That way and the fact that, like, well, you should do that because we're all here doing it and you have to fight that. Um, and then the flip side of that is, like, I guess really not the flip side, but things like uh, what we go through with homeschooling. It's completely against the norm for the most part. I mean, mm -hmm. it's becoming more popular now, but, like, we homeschool our kids. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, Sorry. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You feel like this, um, you know, kind of expectation of like, that's just the way. You know, what do you mean you're not like sending your kids to school? Or you don't follow a curriculum, or, um, but it works with all these different things, and we've all experienced that. So, and, and as like, so with drinking, how is that with uh, with bodybuilding and like your prep for that? Uh, in prep, you can't. You so you don't drink at all. Like nope. how often, or like how much, how close to when you compete? I should say. Um, so I honestly, like, as soon as I, like, pick a show, which is usually well before I even start, like, actual, I don't even want to say prep, because it's more so dieting. Like, I'm mm -hmm. always technically in prep mode. Mm -hmm. Like, my next show is 2025. Like, I'm preparing for that. Um, but, you know, I, like, I'm living life right now, and I've learned mm -hmm. to have that quote-unquote balance right now when it is acceptable, mm -hmm. when I am building those relationships, when I'm not actively getting ready for a specific show that's x amount of time away yeah. um so I, I allow myself to have that flexibility but normally it's like i would say a good six months yeah. is, is a reasonable time to cut out any little bad habits um and really you know turn inside and be like all right 
we're doing this. The discipline aspect. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like pressure when you don't drink? Because it's something we've talked about. We had actually our <laughs> most popular podcast. Like we talked with Chris, uh, who's in our group. Yep. He, he's also sober. He doesn't drink um, at all anymore. Jason, how long for you? Um, it was a year in March. So over a year. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks, man. That's awesome. And I've went yeah. like, you know, a few months at a time, which, you know, is, is still though. But you feel Definitely. that pressure of like, you know, your, I don't know, your buddies or your whatever, the people you're around. It's just so just the socially world, acceptable. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's just say I went to my fraternity parties with a water bottle. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But I would, I would peel the label off. Yeah. So like, like vodka. Yeah. yeah. And I would go, yeah, no. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it is, of course, there's always going to be that pressure. Yeah. Um, and a big thing that I learned was everybody likes to say, oh, one bite or one sip or one something peak one something will mm-hmm. not hurt yes but it might but that's yeah why that's, take that risk yeah and that's like that's breaking a promise to yourself yep, yep. and that's dangerous because mm-hmm. you we know when we lie to ourselves mm-hmm. and like when that slips from the conscious to the unconscious and you are not truthful to yourself and you your subconscious knows it and suddenly you are lying to yourself and that's a problem Mm -hmm. that's a big problem yeah and so like that one slip like especially when you've told yourself i'm not going to Uh and then you do that switch is like you just lie to yourself yep it's a big problem and it starts a uh real slippery slope with all different aspects yes it's a huge internal conflict when your Mm -hmm. actions don't align with the words that you speak Mm -hmm. dude congruence is so important and i'm learning it right like actively right now i agree 100 yeah. percent. like if what you say does not align with what you do like you're just in constant chaos with yourself mm-hmm. yeah. constant yeah and that's a that's something that is really tough to learn like i'm nowhere near uh, yeah like but, but that's what i'm striving for like the words that come out of my mouth i want to live yeah. what i say because it's, it's dangerous, man. Yeah, this is huge. And this is something that, like, 75 hard, ta- the mental aspect of 75 hard that really taught me is you get, you kind of get to hear your internal dialogue mm-hmm. when you're sticking to something. And it's no different, I'm sure, with, like, the bodybuilding prep or mm-hmm. um, or any other thing. But you get to hear this internal dialogue of, like, trying to talk yourself out of it and then debating with yourself and, like, am I going to do this? Am I not? Like, let me just... I'll bag today. I'll start over tomorrow. All these things that go back and forth in your head. It's this like internal battle. When you commit though, and you're committed, it becomes easy mm-hmm. because you're like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to drink. I'm doing this program or yes, I am going to get up and work out. I'm not going to sit here and wrestle with myself about, am I going to get out of bed or not? Like I'm committed to this. I'm going, but, and then tying that to everything else that you do in life. And it's something I'm learning too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gotten involved with so many things recently that I'm like, is this really like what I'm telling myself that I want? And if mm-hmm. it's not, then it's it's kind of a tough decision at points because you have relationships that you're like, I might have to damage a relationship because I've told myself that this isn't moving me in the direction I want to go. 100%, man. But you got to have those non-negotiables. Yeah. It's non-negotiable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why they call Yeah. Yeah, that's really where um, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that separates people that actually achieve the things that they say they want to achieve is that they are true to themselves. They're they, mm-hmm. what they live is what they say or vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think of my dad with that. My dad was a, um, he was a very like black and white. Mm-hmm. It's like 
one way or the other. And he was very, very he would stick with that mm-hmm. to the point where it was like, he seemed hard headed and some people like, you know, abrasive almost, but it was like, he w- he was good. He's mm-hmm. good with his decision. I'm going to stick with it. This is the way it should be. And this is what I'm going to do. And he would stand for that. And, you know, I hope I get there at some point. Cause I really don't feel it. I feel like I'm almost too, uh, sometimes like I just don't want conflict. So I oh, kind of go sure. along with things and I'm like, shit, dude, I don't really even want to do this. But yep. now I said I would do it. And you know, if it doesn't align, like I, you know, I feel like I, I need to, um, make a stand there and even something you said when you were playing college lacrosse I played college baseball past the point of knowing I wasn't going to play pro baseball (laughs) you know what I mean and it was like I'm going to do this because I I, baseball was my dream and I just wanted to like push it as far as I could you had this realization like well I'm not going to play professional lacrosse so I'm going to go to the next thing that I can do Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so I think that's at 18 years old or whatever however old you were that's pretty mature yeah I think I was 18 when I made that that call yeah, 18, 19, I just turned 19. And then when you found the business, you quit your job. Like, you, you, yeah. you have this track record of like, I know this is what I want, go. So mm-hmm. I have had problems with impulse decisions growing up. I've actually learned to pivot that and use that to my advantage to analyze the data, understand the risks, which my mom helped me with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what could go wrong, what could go wrong, yeah. what could go wrong. Um, that's what moms are for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, many stories with with that one um, throughout high school. But, yeah, you know, it's it's really – I've been able to pivot and understand that it is an advantage in some aspects where making those decisions and being like, I'm doing this. I'll I don't, figure it out. Yep. It's, you know, come hell or high water. I will make this work. It's sink or swim. Like, I, I have to. I, I It's a non-negotiable. I don't mm. have a choice. Um, I think that is like, you know, very important, especially in like the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. world. Yeah, definitely. But there is a fine line of making educated decisions. Right. Not being reckless with it. Right. Because yeah. it can be reckless. Yeah. But I've learned to hone in on it and be able to, you know, pull the trigger and be, you know, content with my decision to do so. Yeah, I think that's a very mature thing at 24, even at shit at 18. Yeah, I'm 34, and it takes me a long time to <laughs> yeah. do the little stuff. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we know some successful entrepreneurs that are very much that same way. Yeah, of like, I think that's a pretty pretty true mark of somebody who is successful. They're decisive, and if and they pivot pretty well, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're doing something to make a decision and it's not going, then they pivot out or they mm-hmm. pivot to something different. Quickly. Yeah. And I think me and you have talked about this recently. So we just recently switched companies, both of us. Mm-hmm. And the like the people aspect of it and not wanting to hurt people mm-hmm. really, you know, is kind of on, on, I know for me, and you've said it too, on like our conscious where it's like, well, this I, I do know this is what I want, but I don't want to hurt somebody or leave somebody behind. And then it takes longer to make that decision. It's kind oh, of yeah. grueling. It, it really, like, you put yourself through the ringer oh when you do that. Yeah. The longer yeah. you hold on to something that, like, you have doubts about or, like, you, you think maybe you should do, man, it just eats at you. Mm-hmm. And, well, that, and that just impacts you across the board. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, too, is, like, you guys have families to worry about. Mm-hmm. Being on the younger side, like, I can make those split-second decisions. And, I mean, again, like, they may look split-second from the outside, but, yeah. like, we're talking, like, maybe a week to make, like, a, a life-changing decision. Yeah. So a lot of thought goes into that, but... 
a lot less thought does than potentially somebody who is already on that nine to five track record or has kids or, mm-hmm. or has other heavy expenses that yep. they have to sure. worry about. Like that's, that's a huge jump. Mm-hmm. You know, I was renting at the time with my beautiful girlfriend, but like, we don't have kids. We just got a puppy, but like, you know, <laughs> it's, I don't that, that's have, awesome, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, also he's Bernie's mountain dog. He's yeah, dude. What a great breed. Yeah. Don't get like, me started. Up. He loves dogs. <laughs> don't get me started. He's got awesome. nothing behind those eyes, but he's <laughs> yeah. cute as shit. I'll tell Man, you. that's cool. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah, I love him to death, but, um, yeah, that's my little family. So, yeah. um, those decisions are able to come much quicker. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So I don't want people to think like, oh shit, I can't make those decisions. I have so much to think about. Like, you do. Yeah, but there is so but much there, pressure on kids, like to know what they need to do by eighteen, twenty, twenty-two. It's like, to be honest, like what you're doing, twenties is like the. I don't want to say go and screw it up, but like no, you can. Yes, yeah. in your twenties, yes. you can go and screw, screw it, it all up and learn, <laughs> and then yeah. do it over again. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Because we're we're all just pushed by school system and parents and friends to you know you got to go to college and do x y and z and by the time you're 22 you need this job and you're going to stay in the end it's like that's not really how you develop the life that you actually want Mm -hmm. at all you're just living somebody else's life at that Mm -hmm. point yeah and other expectations that are just yeah around you figure it out if yeah in your 20s figure it out like do everything escape the matrix (laughs) yeah 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 i seriously i made a post about that this morning because we were talking about it it's uh it's spot on. And I think, uh, you know, you take control over that when you make that commitment. And like you said, you, you've tapped into this, like back against the wall, no other options mentality, which, you know, at, like you said, at the end of the day right now, if for whatever reason, something didn't work out, like you have time to pivot. You don't, you're not going to lose your house or your family or your, you know, whatever. Um, but you've tapped into that mentality of like, no, we're going to make this work. This is my only option, Yeah, which is huge. And again, I, and it comes with that, like, thinking ahead aspect too. Like mm-hmm. I have an engineering degree. I don't not know that. Yeah. That is a fallback, but I don't like to tell myself that yeah. because if I know that there's a fallback, why it, like, why would I not, why would I go all in on something when I know that I have another option? Yep. Like you, you have to be so narrow focused that like all you see is that plan a, and then if it doesn't work out, then worry about the rest. Yeah, but even at that point, just keep hammering yeah. it. Like, it, there's no way it's not going to work out because then you can pivot. Mm-hmm. You can find something else. You can use those skills that you accumulated throughout the process of learning and failing to then, you know, do what you actually want to do. But there's no reason to to just even have a plan B, really. Like, it is the smart decision, but I will never that use also, that. Yeah, that'll hold yeah. you back from... Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, if you know you got the parachute, then... Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I get it for sure. It gives you an out mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. if, you, if you have the plan B. Exactly. And there's a difference between having a plan B and using it as an out and knowing that you're going to make it no matter what. Because mm-hmm. I kind of feel that way. I'm like, look, if the mortgage business industry goes away and there's no more loan officers, like I'm going to be fine mm-hmm. because I know that I'm not going to fail. Right. It might not be at the same thing, but I have that mentality of like, I know I'm not going to fail. Um but with that being said, it's not like I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should, you know, look back here or like go back to something I know I don't want. Yeah. Well, because then you're stuck right back in. You just put yourself back in the rat race. Yeah, exactly. It's very dangerous. This has been awesome. Um, yeah, for sure. Any other Love questions it. you have? No. 
I'm good. You always ask me that every episode, and I always say no. Yeah, and then after <laughs> you, need, and then, you gotta have like, a know, list of questions. And as soon as we stop recording, Jason I'm like, hey, Joe. Again. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, I got like five questions. Now. Yeah. Um. So I I just want to bring this up because it's something that you share with me, Joe. Is uh the the diet you're eating right now? Like the diet, you, the like diet you showed me your oh, spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. This guy is meticulous. Obviously, you have to be right. Yeah. You're doing. You're training for a competition, but. Eating how many calories a day? Uh, fifty two hundred. Right Holy now. shit! Fifty two hundred calories. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it, to me, it's crazy. I mean, I know it's for what you got to do. It seems yeah. it's mind blowing to me. I guess is the better way to describe it. It's actually it. maintenance right now. Yeah, that's insane. Because I, I've worked up to like six thousand. I did that for eight weeks, and I just that wasn't fun. So fifty two hundred is kind of the sweet spot, which sounds insane right yeah. now because my yeah. metabolism isn't crazy. But wow. it's just you know. Hey, that's I would imagine that's more than double what I'm eating. I'm probably 25, 2700, something yeah. like that. Yeah, same. Um, and when I said that to Joe, he's like, he said something like, <laughs> But I I, I'm a different person in the gym. Like, I'll just leave it at that. I'm like, dude, there is no doubt in my mind. Like, yeah. I know for a fact if you're yeah. putting down food like that, and like, so how much do you weigh right now? Uh, 217. Okay. Wait, That's actually, crazy. sorry, 216 this morning. That you were 150 something at that 154. competition. My last competition in 2021, I was like 161. So, so what will you be at the one in 2025? Hopefully, like 197. Wow. So, we're looking for a 30 pound increase on stage over the course of three years. Mm. And you is, were saying too, like you you cut down before when you're in the cut, you cut 30 pounds, 40 pounds, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I can usually expect to to cut at least 35, 40, 45 pounds sometimes. In what time period? In like how long? Yeah, like what the time frame is. Yeah, um, like in that 30 or 40 pounds, is that six months yeah, time period? 20 weeks. Okay. 20. Now 20 I gotta do math. So that's 25. Sorry. Yeah. Months, you, right? you guys talk yeah. in weeks. Yeah. 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 Um, around there a little shot like five six yeah. months okay. something but yeah wow and um, what are your calories cut down to just out of curiosity during that period mm, that's a really good question because at the end like you know it's kind of like the coach's discretion like we start carb cycling so like my low days will be like 1600 which is mm. crazy low but then my high days will be like 2200 so it's like you know what's that average what's my expenditure so it's, it's really tough but mm. Um, yeah, I kind of, before we move on, I really want to touch on something that kind of popped into my head when you mentioned that I sent that text of like being a different person in the gym. Um, and it it sounds crazy and I coach people as well. And Mm. I also help them with this. So it's really cool to see that mindset change because I'm sure you guys heard of, you know, training to failure, Mm -hmm. um, and what that looks like for each person. But my goal is to get that to be actual failure for people. Um, So one of the ways that I explain that to people and kind of the mindset you have to go to, and and this correlates to everything really like in the entrepreneurial mind space or the the space and, and everything. It's like kind of entrepreneurs talk about it, like switching to like from David Goggins to Goggins Mm -hmm. being like this guy to this guy. Mm -hmm. And you guys switch that mindset and something in the gym. I, and people imagine different things, but you know, it's kind of graphic, so, like, I'll just forewarn with that. But, yeah. um, you know, if I'm, like, under a leg press or, like, a heavy squat, like, I imagine on that last rep, like, it's coming down on me. I will, like, imagine, like, to, like, my left or my right, like, somebody has a gun to my little brother and my mom's head. Mm. And if I don't get that rep, I see them pull the trigger, mm. and they're gone. Mm. So, it's, like, it's not even for me anymore. It's, an option, yeah. it's like, you know, creating that dark space in your head where it's like i 
it, 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 I don't have an option. Mm-hmm. I need to get this. And you, you are able to find, like, tap into, like, something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, get two, three more reps than you ever thought. Like, you're shaking. You're, like, throwing up. You're, like, right. about to pass out. You're seeing stars. But, like, that's the place where you have to get to to be the best. And I'm sure people will find a way around that. But you can't, like... If you, if I stand on get like on stage against someone who's just genetically better than me, but I know that I went through that training mm-hmm. and I couldn't have pushed any harder, I'm fine losing to that guy because right. I did everything in my power. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't leave anything on the table. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it goes right back to what you were saying. You you know when you cheat yourself and oh it, God, in the gym, yeah. in your diet, and whatever else in your business and everything. So if you know that you, you know literally <laughs> gave it everything you had, um, yeah, I mean you left it all out there. That's like, that's all you can ever ask, but you have to tap into something deep to get there. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you just said, and that's, uh, yeah, sorry to bring the, no, I appreciate you sharing that. The, it, the podcast, it's but. true though. And like, you know, even, yeah, there's so many examples of that I could think of too, that, um, you know, when you have a family, things like that, that you're like, you know, I had to go through the same like mental things. Like if I don't make this work, then the, the outcome could be something just catastrophic for mm-hmm. my family. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it pushes you harder than you could generally push yourself. Yeah, and a lot of it is made up in your head. Yeah. Well, most of it is, hopefully. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, you don't yeah. have that darkness in your life. But, um, you know, when you do make that up, you're able to leverage the things that matter the most to you to be able to push yourself harder. Mm-hmm. Because everyone says, like, yeah, I have a family. I'm doing this for my family. But, like, imagine, imagine yeah. just, you know, that dark place, and it will push you so much harder. Yeah. Like, leverage it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll remove those constraints that we put on ourselves that don't really exist. Yep. Yeah. This has been awesome, dude. I appreciate you coming out, um, you know, and sharing your story. It's been great to get to know you over the past couple months or whatever it's been. And, uh, you know, look forward to seeing your business develop and grow. Um, look forward to the next competition you're in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been awesome, man. Appreciate you coming out. Awesome. Yeah, Thank you, brother. Jason. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate yep. it. Well, uh, what's the best way for people to like find you or reach you? Like Instagram or yeah. So um, I have so our website is squeakycleananddry.com. Okay. Um, that is all extensive uh, carpet cleaning to you know we do also furniture, hardwood floor, tile and grout. Um, that's kind of like the cleaning division, and then we also have a division for water damage restoration as well as mold remediation. Um, we even have, you know, this cool little thing we do for, like, cigarette smoke removal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that like, the odor, if people are selling their homes, um, we're able to come in. We're actually able to completely remediate that, um, free of that smell, and people are able to save, like, 30 grand, um, you know, on their listing price. That's so, awesome. pretty cool. Um, so, they all that information is on the website. Um, I'll actually drop our, our phone number as well. Um, so, it's 302-729-2011. Um, that goes directly to my cell phone. So, um, that's the business number, but, you know, I am pretty much the business (laughs) being younger i'm always Mm -hmm. on my phone um you know getting those calls so i don't care if it's 10 o'clock at night i'm happy to help in any way i can um so yeah yeah and i'll just end on this so you did pick a business at least that i don't see a ton of your competitors out there so i think you guys made at least a a good choice with that Mm. (laughs) i would say there's yeah i mean there and with anything there's going to be those big dogs yeah like on the the cleaning side of things like obviously stanley steamer mm-hmm. is like 
you know, oh, like I just called Stanley Steamer because yeah. the carpet cleaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then like the mold remediation side, um, you do have like, you know, some bigger companies. Yeah. I won't name drop them because I won't plug them because yeah. we're, we're the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there, there's always going to be big dogs that you're fighting against, uh, especially with insurance companies and trying to get on their vendor list and, um, you know, make those relationships because it's just, it's easy for them. They, mm-hmm. they know they have the capacity and they, they know they um, are going to show up. But, you know, we're here to make that change. And, because most of these people don't want to use them because they, they've had, you know, bad experiences in the past. And they want to do their customers right. Mm-hmm. So we're here to come in and, and step up and be that, you know, option A at the end of the day where people can turn to and be like, you know, I know I'm giving my customers the best that they can get. And, you know, they're they're very fairly priced. So I'm cool with it, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Appreciate it again. Um, guys. Appreciate you watching. You know, we're still getting people that are uh, tuning in. They're letting us know when we don't post something on a timely fashion <laughs> on a Friday morning. So I appreciate that. Um, we apologize for the, you know, little bit of sporadic posting here, but um, there's a lot going on. So we're going to get back to it. You know, we're making a commitment to to try to get in here once a week. So appreciate everyone out there. Guys, it's been fun. We'll see you. Go birds. <laughs> <laughs>